Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Snelly, and I'm joined this week by Maddie Hazlett and Mike Munsenreiter to talk about the latest video from Vans, Keepsake, and Fabiana Delfino's related shoe move. Shari White's latest project for Vans is called Keepsake, what Thrasher calls a perfect end to summer. To me, that sounds just about right. Maddie, uh, how did this one hit you? Yeah, I am a huge Sherry White fan. Like, um, Credits is probably my favorite video of all time. For folks who've seen that, that's one of her previous fans' pieces. And something I revisit pretty much regularly. I probably watch it at least once a month. It always kind of just gets me hyped if I need a little boost and motivation to go out and skate. So I was super, super anticipated, honestly, going into this video. I did sit there on the Thrasher YouTube page and refresh my computer when noon hit. Because I was like the premiered like three months ago, and I've kind of just been like every week I would joke to my girlfriend. I was like, "When are we getting the new video? When are we getting the new video?" And it finally came out, so went in very, very excited. And fortunately, that hype wasn't overshadowed by the video itself. I actually enjoyed it. I thought we got really good footage from a lot of folks. It was a really nice format. I've been known to like the shorter videos better for my attention, and I think ten minutes is a good length. It's enough time for folks to get something solid, but not need breaks. Sometimes the longer videos, I have to like break them up so that I can stay focused. I will say, I think there was a lot of folks for the 10 minute format. So maybe some people didn't get as much shine as others, which was kind of a bummer. But yeah, overall, really, really good. And something that I'm going to revisit again and again, because it's especially specific parts of it really got me hyped to skate and just kind of made me want to do it which i think is the whole point of a video what do you guys think did you guys were you guys as hyped on the video as i was i will be completely honest and say i wasn't necessarily anticipating it as much as you were i was not refreshing the browser um i've been busy moving so i, I wasn't quite there but in terms of expectations i was actually surprised it was only 10 minutes long i, I there's there seems to be a sweet spot that we're still trying to hone in on that's like I don't know, 17 minutes comes to mind as the perfect length. But no, it's it's a good package. And I hate to call it a package, but at 10 minutes, it almost seems more like that. But it's got a consistent vibe. The skating is varied, but like everybody fits together. I know Templeton, you wrote down that like the Dick Rizzo and Gilbert Crockett appearances were random, but nice. And it's like, yeah. And then otherwise, there's kind of like a what? you know, British Columbia feeling going on throughout. It, it's it's interesting how Vans has so many people that it sponsors that it can have like a sub-brand video, even though they haven't introduced a sub-brand, if that makes sense. Templeton, am I making any sense? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's interesting that you, you call it a sub-brand, but it kind of is like, it's like, this is Shari White's crew. And then right. there's, there's like Greg Hunt's crew, and maybe there's some other crews too. But I, I think with, with a company like Vans that's so big, you kind of need that because, like I said, having Dick Rizzo and Gilbert Crockett in there felt random. And, you know, all these folks next to Christian Hassoy, next to Omar Hassan, next to Elijah Burrell, it, it all just is like, they're all too far apart. But this this group feels close and related so i think it it makes a lot of sense and i like the the shorter format i think like yeah 10 to 12 minutes is probably the sweet spot for me like 17 minutes even is like a little bit on the long side maybe but i i like it it's it's kind of like tim and henry's pack of lies you know like two video parts and a montage 
That's great. I'm all about it. Like you, Mike, I wasn't super anticipating it. And when I saw the list of names on the trailer, I was like, oh, shit, full length. Like, you can't you can't have that many people in a short video. And then it was 10 minutes. I was like, cool. Like I said, that's kind of the sweet spot. So I, I was happy to see that. Um, real quick, you just bringing up like Christian Hisoy, you know, Elijah Burl and how that doesn't necessarily like make a lot of sense next to, you know, how Dustin Henry or Beatrice skates. It does make you think of big skate shoe company videos from the past where like that Adidas video away days, you know, which is kind of a forgotten, very long, well-produced video. Like it's so all over the place that it's hard to return to as a thing as, as like a total project. And, you know, then it goes without saying that like the nothing but the truth Nike video is a complete mess. I think nearly universally accepted as a complete mess. And that's also just all over the place with no rhyme or reason. So it, it makes sense to like get a crew, you know, group of skaters on a company that makes sense together and have, you know, I, I think it was notable that there were just three filmers in, well, I think it was maybe Shari White and then three other additional filmers credited. And like, you can see the cohesion. So that's cool. Yeah, it was a nice change of pace, maybe from some of the previous stuff fans did. I think one that comes to mind is um, Nice to See You. I don't know if you guys saw that and came out like maybe a year ago, but it was like 45 minutes long. And there was like a couple parts in it that were pretty sick, but it definitely had that feeling of like, this is a giant corporation. We're just going to throw our people. I think they called it like a global collaboration or something like that. <laughs> and it definitely felt like that. And I was a that, little worried. That's starting to sound familiar. Like, yeah, there's a. Um, Chima has a part. Yeah, in it that's Chima actually had a part. incredibly. Brianna yeah, huge Ewing double really set at the end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there was like great skating in there. But again, it was like lost to this weird format. And when I first saw just like knowing where Sherry came from with the previous stuff that she's done that when I did see just like Templeton, when I saw that list of people, I was like, Oh God, are we gonna get 40 minutes? And like, I'm not going to like this video. So I was actually really pleasantly surprised. I think it could have been a little bit longer. I mean, maybe pushed the, the 15 mark, but that's very nitpicky. So I'm glad that they didn't go in that direction. And it kind of felt more similar to what was the video Fletch? That was another Vans video. Mm -hmm. um, that kind of yeah. was like more like that, like, almost homey adjacent video um you could tell the people like actually liked each other and i think that's an important thing <laughs> and maybe a hard thing for these bigger brands to capture because like these it's not like toy machine 10 years ago where like everyone's in the van together like genuinely being friends the people who ride for vans might not have even have met each other so it's cool to see that older maybe more intimate environment being translated by one of these bigger brands and I think that's a testament to Sherry more than Vans, to be honest. I think she does a really good job like curating her crew and who she surrounds herself with and how she approaches it. Just the way that she goes about filming each individual person, I think it, it her eye a lot lends to why we feel like this is such a cohesive piece that was put together. Right. It's the B-roll. It's, it's the consistent filming and all that kind of stuff. And I, I think it's really smart to kind of see a group that's naturally forming and just support that to say all right shari like go do your thing like i don't know exactly how it went down but i imagine it was it was kind of like shari what do you want to do who who do you want to make a video with or like maybe vans was like you're always hanging out with these people make a video with it or like 
you know, who else do you want in the crew? I, I just think it's smart to kind of just support what's already happening instead of trying to make, trying to bring everyone together that doesn't really belong together. <clears throat> we got Nelly opening this thing up, which I think was a great choice. Got any favorite tricks there, uh, Maddie? Oh, yeah. I probably have a bunch. I mean, Nelly's part to me, well, obviously Nelly and Dustin had great parts, but Nelly's part to me was, I think, why I was so excited and anticipated for this. We had her really good footage in Paymaster, and then I feel like, I don't even remember the last limousine video name. It was like maybe not as much Nelly or just maybe not the same energy that she brought. And I was really excited to see her with Sherry, which I believe she's not in credits. So I was like, that could be really cool. And it totally hit my expectations. The pop shove tail grab. We have to call that out. I feel like it's in a renaissance and I'm, I love it. Like Bobby did one in one of her parts recently. And I feel like I'm seeing them even just like in local videos. And I think that's really cool because if you told me 10 years ago that people would be doing pop shove tail grabs, I would have been like, okay, that's insane. Like that's the fly out kid at the skate parks trick. But I think when they're <laughs> done at a cool spot and done well thought out, they're actually really cool. So I loved that. Um, I loved her barrier transfer to 50. I think that's a very cool trick. And the way she did it was really cool. And then obviously the slappy grind, like nolly shove to grind thing was just crazy. I feel like that thing had been so waxed up and the way she did it. Her slappies are always really good. She skates really, really fast and just looks cool skating. One thing I kind of thought about while I was watching her was this like idea that she's like existing in this fleeting moment at all times to the point where her style is almost very rushed. And it's kind of like she's at a spot that she knows she's about to get kicked out of, even if that's not the case. And she's just throwing her body and trying every single time. And then when she rolls away, it's like this crazy thing just happened. And it kind of reminded me a lot of the skating I grew up watching, a lot of like the local DC scene where spots were busts and people only maybe had two or three tries to land something. So you saw a lot of like simpler tricks, but done on cool spots. And I think that's maybe why I love her skating so much because it's almost weirdly nostalgic, but like done in the today's styling, but reminds me a lot of the skating I grew up watching. And I think it works really, really well for her. What about you guys? Did any tricks besides those stand out to you? I just love the meditation on her style and like the deeper deeper thinking behind that so thanks for that um i i'm i'm stuck on the pop shove it tail grab renaissance we could probably come up with a sharper term than that but it is a fun trick it was yeah ultimate fly out grom trick forever i i'm, I'm so interested in and uh you know friend of the podcast lucas weisenthal recently wrote about you know the ebb and flow of tricks on jankum and how like pressure flips came back and all that Pop shove a tail grab is an interesting one. And if I were to issue like uh, this is maybe biting a rival podcast, but like a mostly skateboarding challenge, like who's got the switch pop shove it tail grab just on flat? Like, can we can we do that? Can you do a nollie shove it nose grab? Dude, I, I, got love no I love nollie shove nose grab. That sounds hard. <laughs> I, I'm like trying to even like picture how I, that works. Of, of ever, anybody on this who ever does this podcast, I might have grabbed my board the most over the past 25 years so may maybe i've got a small edge on the mechanics of these these maneuvers but yeah i got hung up on on the pop shove it tail grab but no yeah, yeah maddie you, you made me appreciate nelly skating a, a little bit more the slappy nolly shove it grind was really cool like that's a that's a fun trick 
I'm I, I'm also hung up on skating roofs. We 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 got to figure out why everybody's climbing up on roofs. It's it's interesting the way that these trick trends work. I think it's always fun to climb on a roof. That's like, true. Just regardless, like if I climb on my roof, I can see Mount Hood. It's awesome. So I'm I'm always trying to get up on a roof. You know, like if anybody knows how to get on a roof downtown, it's always sick to be up there. So just seems natural. Bring your board up and ride down. What's up there, man? Yeah, I think it's also a part of like skateboarding's becoming more normalized and maybe less patrolled. Like spots are not being as big of a bust anymore. So I think it's not even the roofs as much as we're seeing a lot of people skate houses, like in general. Like I see a lot of footage coming out of skating people's rails in the front of their house, and skateboarders are naturally attracted to places they're not allowed to go. And to me, it's like the big handrail people are skating in front of people's homes like down their stairs and down their rails and the people who jump off stuff are jumping off people's roofs I mean we saw a lot of it in yeah like how Cookie in his part like he's a big hucker and I noticed it a lot was he's just jumping over people's like fences and stuff like that and I just think that I've noticed at least a big trend I think part of the roofs thing is like you can skate in more public places a lot easier now than maybe you could before. And then skateboarders were bored of that. So they wouldn't found things that got them into more trouble. And it's more like <laughs> private residences than public places. So it could turn towards even more anti-socialism, anti-social, being more anti-social. I don't know. The reaction to the Olympics. Oh yeah. That's an interesting theory. I got to talk about Una Farrar, who um, always comes to mind as Tubsy. Uh, she rules that like Casper to drop in was really rad. Nolly Crooksing entire ledges is really rad. At some point in a different podcast, and it might have even been us three, where we were talking about the size of skaters' feet. I think she has like the smallest feet in skateboarding. Like, does she wear like a woman's five or something? <laughs> That's funny. I haven't I haven't noticed that too much. I mean, I think that generally women have smaller feet, and sometimes I feel like it's the opposite for me. Like. I'll watch so much women skating that I watch dudes and I'm like, you look insane. Like, why are you so big? <laughs> so maybe it's just the opposite syndrome where it's like you guys are, or Mike at least is watching more men skating. So when you say, when you see women skate, you're like, wow, your feet look tiny. And then I'll watch like, I don't know, like Tyshawn skate. And I'm like, how do you keep your feet on your board? Like they're so, they're like two times the size of your board. Um, there's I, for, for biggest shoes in skating, I, there's, ah, I'm blanking on his name, but he skates for like bronze and he wears big shorts and skates at flushing. He's got a fantastic name. And for a while he was wearing like, um, the Supra, like sky tops tech guy. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll research this. Maybe someone's yelling at the podcast right now. We're way off track. <laughs> That's what we're here for. But yeah, back to Una. I mean, I, she always has good footage. I think that she is consistent and is like a skater skater like does cool tricks and is both able to like do the cool tech stuff do the weird stuff and then also huck which i think is like cool like you you called the casper kind of drop-in thing that's a little weird but then like later on it was like i'm just gonna like completely fly over this handrail and just do the biggest ollies and the pop shove it over the barrier on the little bump like she has one of the best pop shove it's she can pop them super, super high. So I just, she's super well-rounded. She's just very, like, structured in the way she skates. And it's really fun to watch. I also, she's just kind of cool looking. She has a cool look to her. And I think that helps a lot. Like, she's always skates with her hair down. 
which for folks who have long hair knows that's like really, really hard. I actually tried it tonight because I saw this video and I was like, oh, I'm going to be cool. I'm going to skate with my hair down. And it lasted like six minutes. And I was like, this is so annoying. So I had to put it up. So anytime I see someone like that, I think of Una. She does both glasses and crazy hair everywhere. Then I'm just like, how do you see it all when you skate? And it just looks really, really cool and totally works for the aesthetic and kind of direction I think she wants to go with her skating. Yeah. And with the hair and the glasses, she like really stands out. You know, you're not going to confuse her for anyone else. It's not like a GX video where everybody pretty much looks the same. Like you just know, like, yeah, that's Una. And yeah, that rail ollie certainly stood out to me uh, along with the, the Smith kickflip, which got slow-mo. Did it get a double play? I think it did. Which yeah, it I did. appreciate, you know, I feel like there's a little too much of the like, just play it through and you don't get a second look. And I think it's worth running it back. Stoked on on those all those tricks that you guys called out. Um, Beatrice had some footage in here, which was great to see because I feel like she's been hurt for a long time and there hasn't been a ton of footage. And I thought the line at reggaeton, the first one with the big spin flip, was was really good. And I, I'd love to see more of that. Yeah, I was super excited. Yeah, I think she tore her ACL and is like a few months back on board um, and I think most of the footage that we saw is like very recent footage and yeah I love that first line I think the way that it comes in with the music is really cool like the slow the slow acoustic and she's kind of just like not lurking around but just like smoothing around reggaeton for folks who've skated there like the way she approached it is pretty normal you kind of skate it in a big circle and it worked really well um, within that transition too it like kind of came off of a different tempo. And I thought that was really cool that um, whoever edited, I'm assuming Sherry was doing the music stuff too, but found that flow and made it not feel super jarring was cool. And yeah, I hope we see see more. I feel like this was a good um, place for her to come out of. And obviously she has more to do. I think the ride on grind 50 pop shove was cool. Um, Very Beatrice tricks and love that she's just back on board and killing it still. It's cool. Also, shout out the Ray Barbie guest clip during her footy. That was unexpected, honestly, but very cool. Yeah, that was rad. Yeah, indeed. I feel like the New York section, there were a lot of good surprises. Like, that's that's where we got uh, Rizzo and Gilbert. And uh, what else happened? Oh, yeah, Corey Glick did the gap to nose manual, which I think is always rad. Like, high-speed, high-consequence nose manuals, I think, are really cool. Yeah, that nose wheelie was really cool. That seems like the scariest thing ever. But I will say on the opposite, that like weird grind to front crook was kind of strange. I mean, I don't think it was like weird in its own right. It was, I mean, strange type of trick, but it just took me out of the video a little bit. I don't know if you guys felt that. I was kind of just like, what did I just watch? Like, was that a low ski? Did he just miss his 50? Like, it was just really weird and kind of didn't fit that well within the rest of the video i felt like it was a very structured and like proper skate video and then that was just like kind of this weird off the wall thing i don't know what did you guys feel about that clip we're gonna do low c grinds we gotta get the rail onto the grinding surface like we gotta have we gotta have standards here Corey glick incredible ripper but we gotta have low c grind standards yeah the rail gotta hit on you know on your smith grinds on your hurricanes on your low seats, you gotta have your rail on, or else it's just a fucking booger slide to front crook. Yeah, just like a weird 50-50. That, yeah, I hadn't even 
remembered that and I'm glad you brought that up, Maddie, because there was a uh, I'd, I'd seen a backside low C to backside revert out in a different video. And it was like no rail, just kind of wheels on the ledge. And it's like, oh, we're getting pretty loose here with our tricks, guys. Skate police coming for you. <laughs> Going to take them to skate court. Yeah. Oh, we still got to make that happen. Skaters court. <laughs> got to do it. I was also stoked to see Rick McCrank in there with a little cameo backside nose grind. Who else? There was just like so many people in there. Who who else stood out to you, Maddie? Stefan's footage was really good. I had to like double check that that's who it was. I will say one gripe is no names. And fortunately for me, I feel like I knew most of these folks just from looking at them. But I feel like it makes the video less approachable for everyone. And I, I do wish that there was at least a little, like even if it's just like in the corner, like we, it's a short video. I don't think we need those long drawn out name cards anymore, but just a little tiny thing in the corner so that you know when the skaters changed and things like that. Um, and I felt that with Stefan and I had to go and like go to the end of the video and find and be like, okay, it, that was him. So then I, and then went back and watched it again. But I loved his footage. He's really cool. I did really like that Gilbert and Rizzo were in it. I felt like Gilbert's clip was like kind of medium. He's like so good and just did a Manny kick flip. It was still cool. And I liked that maybe, I don't know if that was like Sherry wanting to do that or that was Vans being like, let's get some other folks who aren't just the specific geographical location. I thought that was cool and it made it feel like more cohesive to the whole brand. But I think that probably could have been a realistically a more interesting clip, uh, Gilbert. And then- Yeah, that Gilbert clip to me, it felt like Shari and crew were in New York and they bumped into Gilbert, and Gilbert's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get something for the video. Yeah, so that's exactly what it like, felt like. Like, it was almost like he wasn't even on the session. Like, he was just, like, at the same spot, and she was like, hey, you mind if I film this? Which maybe that's what happened, but I'd be surprised. Whereas, like, Dick Rizzo's footage felt like he was like, yeah, like, I'm going to go do this. It's only going to be a couple of clips, but I'm going to put, like, the time and effort in. And I and I was a little disappointed with with that one. Although I think Gilbert's a great skateboarder and it was still very cool. I don't want to be dismissive of Ollie up three, Manny kickflip off. Like that's still cool, but I just know he's capable of so much. And then obviously Dustin and Jackie at the end were just so tight. They're both really, really cool. And probably the other half of the reason why I was so hyped for this is Dustin Henry footage is incredible. I mean, I don't know what you guys think of him. Um, were you guys hyped on his on his skating as well? Short answer is yes trying to think of like what his skating reminds me of it's very expressive the way his body moves you got me thinking on a deeper level now maddie what with your ruminations on style but um nah that guy's really good really creative broke the rule that like grind to manuals are generally verboten by doing was it it was like a did he ollie in to switch crook cab oh, to the, switch the, manual and then the 180 yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah that was ride, just like a ride, ride on, on switch crook it was a ride and on, then yeah. like cab to switch manny and then switch 180 out i think was what it was that was one like templeton said earlier where i was like show us an alt angle or like let us see it again because i had to like rewind the footage like multiple times and be like what did i just see especially like i feel like maybe it was a challenging thing to film but the angle that it was shot at too was like a little confusing and it would have been cool if it was like that direction and then the opposite direction and i know you can right. always have two filmers and i understand that this like you get what you get sometimes but that was one where i was very much left longing for another angle a slow-mo just just something because my head 
I couldn't keep up with it. And sometimes that's not as enjoyable to watch. Whereas if you see it twice, then it lets your brain digest it and you don't have to pause the video. Yeah, I think sometimes you got to put the, the fish eye on, like, you know, buck the trends, the long mm-hmm. lens filming and just like get the fish eye in there so we can see all the all the details of what's going on. But yeah, that was a great trick. And then also you did a uh, switch 180 or excuse me, 180 over to switch crook down that long ledge where um, speak of the devil, cookie man again, he did like. Oh, the crazy like, combo trick. Yeah, like four yeah. tricks in one because he manualed out to fakie flip after going. What was it? Tail slide up to crook to fakie manual, fakie flip, and it's just to like oh, flip, just, yeah, <laughs> just barge it and switch K the whole thing, and that's pretty effective too, man. So yeah, I like I like Dustin's clip on a lot. The one eighty, I think that's a cool trick. One eighty switch, like front one eighty switch manual, like or excuse me, switch crook. That's like such a such a cool trick. But I don't remember who it was, but a guy earlier, I think it was the same spot, did the Manny to 50 to Manny like hill bomb at that same spot which I thought was a cool way to like approach it because that's kind of different than what Dustin did Dustin was like very precise and then the other guy who I'm sorry I forget his name was just like I'm just gonna kind of like do this weird mesh between tech and hook and go really really fast like the way he bonked his manual off the little curb cut at the end was kind of crazy he was going so fast so i thought it was cool that we got to see both of those done at the same spot man i don't even remember the manual grind to manual i watched the video like three or four times (laughs) it was early on i i I can look in the background and see if i can find out who it was but it was it was worth checking out again it was kind of hectic and crazy i like hectic uh i like that dustin henry's spots just seemed like small town canada on a road trip or something like you got that like really kind of distressed, uh, weathered concrete and mountains in the background. Just it, it just felt like those spots that you find at a truck stop or a gas station or something. I, I can identify with that as like someone who grew up in a rural area. Oh, yeah. I feel like he loves Cuddy for sure. And it works well for him. It's cool to like he's very like tech manny, like thinky manny, switch manny guy, but he's also like, I'm going to do it in the worst spot possible, which is really cool. Cause I feel like a lot of manny people are going to go skate like the smoothest, most perfect manny pad they can find and do the most crazy flip in flip out stuff. But he kind of meshes this like, like rural, like huck style with the tech. And I think that comes from the spots that he does with these cool switch manny, fakey manny type stuff. Um, that was a good call at Templeton. I love the spots that he skates. I think if he did, this like might be a hot take, but I think if he did the same tricks at different spots, he wouldn't be as well-received. I think that honestly carries a lot of, of what he oh, does. totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, spots matter a lot. Agreed. He's got good taste. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a matter of taste or spot selection. Uh, this just in, and all the Googling... Well, the small amount of Googling I did to figure out who has the biggest shoes, in my opinion, in skateboarding, it's Joseph Delgado. There we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. News alert. Mike, throw throw a link in the um, in the prep doc so I can link it in the show notes so people can have a look. They they will judge for themselves. Yes. You're the world's biggest feet. I don't know if it's even the biggest feet, but the biggest shoes. Maybe he Maybe like wears six pairs of socks. So that he can have bigger shoes. There's probably I've heard everything, and there's probably a skater who's done that. And that's, right, it's, it's like just the added to the list. Board feel like I want no board feel. So I'm just gonna <laughs> wear nine pairs of socks. 
That was the that was the first Stevie Williams shoe. The reason no, it wasn't the reason. What was it on the DC? Do you remember that one, Templeton? I thought it was the reason. Was it the reason? That was the Transworld video, but it was the Transworld video, but also I think it was the Stevie shoe. That thing was hard as a rock and just like no board, anti board feel. The six six pairs of socks feel. It's funny that the tech dudes like the big shoes. You know, you'd think that the tech dudes would want the like vulcanized like as much board feel as possible i would think that anyway they just want to be comfy and cozy yeah (laughs) (laughs) they like they don't want any impact at all (laughs) right yeah yeah it's like i do these manuals on curbs in these big ass shoes you think i'm skating low low impact because i want to get hurt no yeah no they want to be comfy what what did you guys think of the actual this is like a weird question but what did you think of the name of the video and the fact that Sherry's name was in it. I think that's something that we don't see very often unless it's like Strobeck or someone who like carries a lot of weight. Um, do you guys think that was a purposeful decision from bands? Do you think that's something that she wanted to include? I just noticed it when I clicked on it that it very few titles, at least on the Thrasher page that I rudimentally kind of went through and looked at had the filmer's name in it so I thought that was kind of an interesting to talk about did you guys notice that or have any thoughts on on why that would be I didn't notice it but I think it's really interesting and I think that Shari White is kind of becoming a known entity or like someone who's whose name carries weight you know like she made credits and she hangs out with this crew and you know you see that name and you already know what to expect hopefully you're gonna you're gonna get stoked about that so that's that's kind of my theory on it mike do you have a theory i mean yeah i actually had noticed it so thanks for calling that out maddie i spoke to shari for a story about magazines she's a editor at mess magazine too and if one of my takeaways from speaking to her was that like she is quite precise is maybe not exactly the word i had in mind but you know She's a person who is very deliberate. There's a better way of saying what I'm trying to say. And so I feel like that somehow plays into like, hey, I made this video. Here's my name. And I think there is some like brand recognition there just in terms of like, oh, okay, yeah, Shari White is in this lane of skateboarding, so to speak. And here's this crew. And I think that, um, you know, a bit on a tangent, but I sometimes, especially on Twitter, like, I, I, I do a bit talking about the Vans copy team because they have these taglines for shoes that are just nonsense. And Vans marketing in general is kind of like, what, what are we really doing here? Who, who is the audience? But then this video made me think like, oh, wow, they know exactly who they're trying to reach. It's, it's, it's like a very defined feeling to the video. And, you know, you can tell this crew skates together. And yeah not doing any better to explain myself but I, I i think it was deliberate to put shari's name on there and it did stand out i definitely noticed like oh wow it's in the link that's interesting I, i'd love to know the actual reasoning there yeah i when i first saw it i was like oh whatever and then think about it and then when i started thinking about it more i was like it kind of makes sense and it's almost self-aware from the band's team if it was their decision that it added a lot of cred to folks who were just looking through to find a random thing like obviously uh, a lot of people like myself were anticipating this because we talked about it we'd seen the the um, premiere uh, photos thank you yeah the premiere had already come out and that but i think for folks who didn't know that 
maybe they wouldn't have clicked on this random 10 minute vans video, but they would click on it because this person who they recognize is in it. And I think that's interesting that someone who is relatively not newer, but she hasn't put out like 10 videos. You know, she's not like a legacy name, but someone can be so impactful so quickly and take notice of someone like fans of like, hey, we should use her name. Like at the end of the day, this is marketing. And they felt as though it was important enough to include. And I just thought that was cool. And just a testament to how good she is and how much she's impacted the scene. And I think someone who will probably continue to talk about um, for years as she hopefully continues to make more of this. Yeah, I'm excited to see what else Shari does. And I, I think it's also cool that it's not just like, oh, yeah, Shari White, she's like number one filmer of women or something like that. You know, it's like, yeah, Shari White, she makes videos just like Greg Hunt or Strebeck or whoever. You know, it's not like she's segregated off, like just doing women's stuff. Yeah, I think you bring up an interesting point there to Templeton that we kind of haven't touched on yet is that previously she did do exclusively women's skate videos and that this is obviously not that. And for me, as someone who's watched her videos and as a part of that community, I think it's really nice. I think that the women exclusive videos were an end to the means so that we could get to a video like this so that people would pay attention enough and people just didn't really have the same opportunity. And now that I've seen, I think this is maybe the first of its kind that really meshed so many different types of folks together into one video it's like that's all I want to see anymore I don't want to see 10 minutes of dudes and then one clip of girls or just I mean I obviously want to see 10 minutes of girls skating but I don't know it was just really nice and kind of like what people maybe have been pushing for for years and it's finally coming to fruition even if it's just in this one video and I think we can't really talk about this without also acknowledging the fact that we don't know what went into making this happen and I'm sure conversations were had and people had to get on board and I think it was cool that it came to fruition and it's kind of the type of skating videos that I want to see I don't want to see just one type of person I want to see everyone and um, I think this video did a really good job of capturing so many different types of folks so that anyone watching has someone they can relate to yeah that's well said it it, it did strike me as you guys were talking about it just like there's probably never been a video with this kind of just like spread of demographics within skating and you know it's also striking just there's a lot of different skill levels in there frankly and it does really kind of paint a picture of skateboarding as a whole and i i, I get stuck in like i want to see progress or i want to see i don't know just like dope shit nate god what was his name real guy it was just on the tip of my tongue from the early 2000s nate jones like that dude was all just like style and vibes and kickflips and 360 flips and ipath grasshoppers but like yeah it's very cool to see just skateboarding in different approaches to skateboarding and different different takes on it and i think you you really get that when you get more people as opposed to just straight up you know dudes who rip yeah but i i think that it was a diverse crew but it was a crew where like you could see it, it made sense you could see everybody hanging out you know it wasn't yeah. like like if lizzie Lizzie Armanto was in this video, it would, it would have felt weird, you know, like, you know, there's all this city street skating and then like some vert skating. That, that's weird. So like, you know, diversity is good, but like you got to have cohesion as well for like yeah. a, a creative endeavor, or, like artistic endeavor, I think. Totally. But I think what it, it did for me in that space was it showed what like real, like 
street skating kind of is like I'm not on sessions with 15 girls like that's never happened except maybe once at slow impact and that was because everyone was in the same state randomly and it is diverse groups of folks generally at least in my area that are going out together right it's a group of guys and girls it's folks of every different background and sometimes we don't see that represented in the media that skateboarding is producing it's just this one type of person whereas when you're out on the session with your friends it's so many different folks who are all kind of coming into this like nice little space where we all have this one thing in common and that's skateboarding and I think that's what this video did so well is we talked about how everyone is in kind of these different like skill levels or different backgrounds where they're approaching skating in a different way but this like overarching feeling of going out and skating with your friends in the streets is what really I think is theme and what makes it feel cohesive and I think that Sherry was able to capture kind of like that feeling of being on the session with your friends but with a bunch of pro skateboarders which is really hard to do because sometimes it can be unrelatable to watch folks who are so talented and I think that's why maybe it translated the way it did for me. Notably missing from that group of friends in Keepsake was Fabiana Delfino the reason is, she's the latest addition to the Etnies team. Mike, what do you think is behind this move? Uh, in the purest, simplest terms, it seems like good business. I don't know, we were talking about the, the breadth of the Vans teams. Etnies is smaller, especially if you're you know, a named team rider. And I think, you know, by all accounts, like, again, good business move in terms of getting on a, uh, on a stronger footing in terms of, like, who's giving you shoes and paying you money. It was fun heaping praise on Vans because that was a great video, both video and both skate video and marketing vehicle. But um, from what I hear around town from, uh, I don't know, shop people and even people who uh, might work for Vans, like the company is on a little bit of a shaky footing in terms of direction, sales, etc. And, um, you know, I, I have a feeling Fabi got a got an offer she couldn't refuse, maybe. And uh, it was probably a pretty pretty easy decision to make, though. Um, yeah, I know. I know we had questions about her fit on Etnies. Sorry, I should. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I'll say yeah. I can speak to that for sure. I mean, Bobby is definitely one of my favorites, and I've always thought she's like just had really really cool style. But I've also always thought that she looked really cool in Vans. And to be honest, I was like kind of bummed when I saw it. Like happy for her. I hope she gets that bag and like you got to do what you got to do. Like she's also a full-time professional skateboarder and she needs to make the things that are best, the decisions that are best for her. But as a fan, I was like, dang, Etnies are kind of ugly and <laughs> I really like watching you skate and I don't really want to look at Etnies if I'm being completely honest. So I think that although it's, you're probably right, Mike, that this is, the best financial thing for her and maybe even seeing some things that are like happening at Vans that she's not stoked about. I was a little bummed. I don't know. What do you guys think? Is Etnies as harsh in your brains? Like, is it something that you wouldn't want to see one of your favorite skaters go to? Cause I took a look at their team after Templeton and said a couple things about it earlier. And I was like, there is not a single person here besides Fabi who I would ever really want to watch skateboard. So it never really, came into my hemisphere until now and I'm just like dang this kind of stinks I wish that she was still on Vans what do you guys think are you bummed on Etnies like I am I've actually been wearing a pair of Etnies all summer for a, a future um, review episode so I'm not quite as bummed on Etnies as, as you are but I, I can see it because it is probably in a prestige sense it's a step down 
but I imagine for Bobby, it's like they're going to build a program around her, you know, like she's she's going to be a big fish in a small pond now and hopefully be able to have a say in maybe what a pro shoe looks like. And maybe they can build a team around her and she can bring more of her friends to the table. And I, I think that, uh, like Mike was saying, it's probably just a smart business move and a way that she can kind of take control of her career. And yeah, Van seems like it's probably comfortable, but also um, it, it seems like you could get cut at any moment. So I, I think that um, it's a good opportunity and it'll be interesting to see what she does with it and what Etnies does with Fabi. Yeah, I think the cut at any moment with Van's thing is very real just in terms of, again, um, just to you know dredge up some numbers that I heard. I've, uh, drastic declines in sales over the last five years from what like pre-pandemic highs and um um <laughs> sorry yeah i mean was she a named writer on vans was it you know a good flow program it's also blurry nowadays where you know if you can get the welcome post on instagram is like hey we got this person who now skates for us and we want to promote it like again i i feel like the the state of skate economics and the number of people who can make uh let's say near comfortable living off it is just so, so, you know, smaller by the day, seemingly it just, I don't know. Uh, I've maybe got a soft spot for Etnies just, you know, from previous iterations of the team. I actually uh, was supposed to write a magazine article about a tour I got sent on with them. So yeah, I, I am a, a, not an unbiased observer here, but I just, again, I just think it was, you know, a, uh, if, if, if a loss of prestige, it was a promotion nonetheless in terms of a uh, more solid foundation. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I always looked at Fabi on Vans as a pretty like concrete thing. She had a colorway um, come out a few years ago, and I think she even did a whole little collection, like a shirt, a few other things, kind of like how Beatrice's last uh, collection kind of looked like. And I think at that point, it kind of cemented like, oh, like Vans is down and they like want to support her. So I'm curious if maybe kind of we talked about this in our shoe conversations is maybe the colorway wasn't that successful. I mean, I know just anecdotally, I only ever saw it on Instagram from people who got Vans for free. I never really saw any of her shoe out in the wild. So when I saw this, my first thought was, oh, man, like, was this even... 100% 100% her choice. I don't think she was kicked off fans. That might be aggro, but maybe she saw that there wasn't as much um, progression after her colorway wasn't uh, super, super successful. Again, this is just speculation, but it was a weird and kind of jarring thing, at least from my end, whereas I saw her so rock solid. I think she's been riding vans as long as I've watched her skateboard. So um, it's a kind of a big move. But that being said, and as much as I've kind of based on Etnies, I do think there are some pretty cool things that they're doing. They put out that um, women's skate video called Kendama, I believe is how you pronounce it, with, I guess, some of their, like, AM slash flow girls. I think there was five of them in the video, and it was this cool kind of, like, artsy video. I think it was about 10 minutes long, and I was pretty hyped on that. And it, I remember even saying to my friends, I was like, wow, oh, maybe Etnies is cooler than I thought they were. And then they also hook up Cicely and Doug Miles Jr., which I think is really cool for folks who don't know. Those are indigenous 
folks who rip and I believe they live in Arizona and I got to meet them at Slow Impact and they kind of got me hip to how little brands have cared about their scene. And they all spoke so highly of Soltech and Etnies and how much they've done to support that underserved community. And I think that for me, that gave like a lot more cred to Etnies too, that maybe they're still out there and kind of caring about the core skate community because I wasn't really seeing that elsewhere. So as much as I think that sometimes the silhouettes and the actual design are kind of off from what I would like personally, I think they're at least trying to make good moves. And I think bringing Fabian only adds to the cred that Etnies is trying to build. And this could also just be the first of many moves. I would love to see them try to rebuild kind of what they're, they were doing a few years ago. Cause I feel like most of the Soltech brands recently have kind of wavered off and maybe we'll see a cool resurgence come from them. That'd be fun. I think uh, you mentioning the colorway and me previously earlier today reading that Fabio had a colorway underscores just how forgettable some of those colorways can be. I, I'm, I'm very dubious about that whole idea as like this marketing thing, like, oh, here's a shoe and it's done by such and such, so and so. A thing about Etnies, it's very much like in my reading and maybe I've heard things to this point, you know, it's it's the original company that was out of Soltech. You know, before there was Soltech, there was Etnies. And I think it's always going to be a, uh, you know, like a Don Brown's darling of a company. And, you know, it is heavy in Europe and it's an old company and it's been, you know, really consistent in a lot of ways. And, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I had the opportunity to grab the shoes to also do a test, and I'm just so set in my ways. I'm like, I, I can't skate shoes. I don't necessarily want to skate all summer, so no thank you. But yeah, I, like I said, I, I, I do have that soft spot, but I also think that like there's a bit of like legacy power behind it. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I want to see what else they do, because Bobby's a great skater, like a very skater-ass skater, so to speak. And they could be doing cool things here, because... Yeah, off the top of my head, I know Nick Garcia is on there still. They got a whole slate of like Euro skaters, but I, I nobody else comes to mind as you were kind of speaking to earlier, Maddie. Yeah, it's a pretty random team. So, Mike, kind of a follow up question yeah. in the same world of Fabi. She also rides for Santa Cruz, which is also a legacy brand that's been around. I think they just celebrated 50 years, which is cool, but also maybe one that's not super well-received in skateboarding, um, at least the circles that I'm aligned with, do you think that they're kind of in the same space that Etnis is? And maybe this actually is starting to kind of fill out Bobby's brand persona, that she's going to like go to these legacy brands who have years of skate industry experience instead of kind of just going after what the new hot thing is. And maybe this weirdly kind of makes sense. I just thought about that. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Mike? Do you like Santa Cruz? Do you think they're cool like Etnies? I mean, Santa Cruz is a total conundrum. Just like, shit, I think my first actual board, yeah, it was. It was a Santa Cruz Everslick. You know, like the black board and then the yellow and black and red Santa Cruz down one of the sides. Like, they have been around forever. 50 years is about as long as it gets in skateboarding. And I mean, NHS and just that footprint of all they do is so huge. And I mean, they're selling Pokemon boards. People can't get enough of that shit. And then they also have, you know, what I'd rank or call, you know, is a pretty core skate team. So 
probably not the worst board sponsor to have when you know you're lucky to get i don't even have a dollar figure anymore for like what a board brand pays but you know i bet it's a pretty decent place to be save for the prestige that isn't necessarily there but you know bobby seems to get around on on trips and whatnot so it can't be that bad i would imagine but yeah i mean i'm not i'm not counting santa cruz among among the top board brands but gosh they got to move a lot of simpsons boards <laughs> yeah i gotta imagine that santa cruz is a pretty decent check and you know maybe you get a free bike too which would be pretty cool yeah those mountain bikes are sick dude yeah santa cruz send me the box yeah let's test some santa cruz mountain bikes dude yeah fuck i'll be really <laughs> stoked on that <laughs> that was really like the most, the most sincerest stoked i've heard out of you in a while which brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Maddie, what are you stoked on this week? I am stoked that the night of recording, which is Thursday, tomorrow is my partner Katie's birthday. So we're Happy gonna birthday, be Katie. So we're going to be celebrating her birthday this weekend. And I'm also stoked for my fellow nerds. I love Star Wars and the new Ahsoka show on Disney has been really, really good. And I'm very excited to have something to watch because I don't watch very much TV. Uh, Mike, what are you stoked on this week? I am stoked on this past weekend going body surfing in Lake Michigan. Uh, the Wisconsin Riviera has some pretty awesome waves, and I got my ass kicked by like four and five foot waves that were coming way too frequently. Like you body surf one, you pop out of the water, and the next one hits you in the grill. So that was awesome. Also stoked on the Damian Lillard trade, getting me amped up for NBA season time. Uh, he's going to Milwaukee, you guys. And then what else? Oh, uh, just moved. I moved into a new house. It was a hell of a lift, uh, but I'm very stoked on just like new life activities that will come with it. New routes to walk and bike and I don't know, look around and just a bunch of new wrinkles in life. It's also now like two blocks from this wall ride at a church that I've been looking at for the better part of a decade. So um, I suppose if I move even like a block or two closer to that church, I'll eventually have to try it. Templeton, what are you stoked on this week? I'm stoked on listening to Rilo Kylie. Some something put it in my head this week, and I started listening, and I was like, man, this this is really good. Uh, so stoked on listening to Rilo Kylie, and stoked on a show on Apple TV called The Supermodels. It's about like Cindy Crawford and uh, a few other models from her era, kind of the the dawn of the supermodel era. It's pretty good, and I I see a lot of parallels with skateboarding in the, the modeling business so check that out on apple tv and maybe you'll be stoked too uh, that's it for our show this week be sure to check out mostly skateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes until next time you can keep up with us all week online mike where can the people find you i'm on social media at m munzenrider keep it generic this week hey maddie where can the people find you at front grinds on instagram and twitter templeton where can people find you you can find me on Twitter at Mostly Skate and on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. See you guys next week.